not doing it, James. I'm not pushing the button if we're doing the Flanders jokes. Absolutely not. I'm not having it. Not on our professional broadcast. It physically are, hurts me not to, to say, do Why it. are you seething? What's happening to you? I, but you said we can't, and I, I must. having a seizure? I middly do must. you need assistance, James? <laughs> I can hit stop on the fucking button. And diddly I, do, I, I do it at the end of every episode. I diddly can hit do. the button, and we can call you an ambulance. It's going to be thousands of dollars that I know you don't have, but... I got I got it out of me. Thank you. I, I was holding it back too long. It yeah. hurt. It physically hurt. Feel better? Much better. All right. Well, hey, you big old fuckbags. Welcome to Horror Vomit-ish, where we talk about horror movies, but not really. Not now. Because movies are on strike. God damn it, James. Pull it together. What Fuck are you doing? bags. Yeah, why not? I figure I'd just yell at the beginning of these because oh. it doesn't matter. But hey, before we get into whatever... I, I need to lodge a fucking complaint here right away. Ah, oh, Jesus. Ag- against the entire concept of the true crime. Mm-hmm. I fucking hate it so much. James, I uh, I decided to dip my toe into something that I knew that I kind of didn't like. Because mm-hmm. I'm not a huge true crime fan. You and I can watch people get murdered on screen in movies all day long. But mm-hmm. uh, those are characters. Yeah. And there's a huge difference to me. So I decided to break my rule and listen to, I went for like the, the pinnacle, mm-hmm. the Pike Town Massacre. Heard, heard things. That uh, it, it's supposed to be one of the, you know, the best true crime podcasts out there. I fucking hate it so goddamn much mm-hmm. because it's one of those things and it happens with a lot of true crime and it happened here where they will start it off with, this person has uh, pled guilty and... In the eyes of the law, they are innocent until that guilt is proven. Now listen while we play these dark music stings while talking about this person and how evil they are. You fucking pieces of shit. Like, immediately, you broke your own fucking rule. And I get it. People have biases. That's how human beings work. Every documentary, doesn't matter how well made out there, has a bias. Mm -hmm. I understand that. But when you're making it that fucking blatant... While covering a trial, that's why people get unfair trials in this country. Mm-hmm. And it fucking irritates the shit on me. And I'm going to finish it out of spite. Oh, spite watching. Well, listening. Because I, I've yeah. been listening to it at work. But I'm going to finish it. But it's making me so goddamn angry every goddamn day. I, I, I had to get it out of me. I've been listening to it in the week since we've recorded last. And it's been driving me absolutely nuts because I'm going to finish it because I do want to hear how it came out. I do want to hear the results of the trial. But all of the, you know, we, we try and keep our biases out of this and try and not make speculate, you know, try not to speculate on things. Mm-hmm. But what I think happened, like you motherfuckers. Well, you know, I personally blame the first writer's strike, not this one, but the one a while ago, the one where all the... You know, like uh, cops and yeah. stuff came out of. Yeah, in uh, the Drew Carey show. Yeah, because it was improvised, that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, it, and that's when, um, like, unsolved mysteries, all that stuff. It, it's a firm, like, a not, another way to not pay writers. Yeah, and one of the things though that I, but here's the thing about true crime is I absolutely cannot stand it in uh, video or audio form. I've learn that about myself 
read a book. If you want to know some real grisly shit like that, and if that's something that you're really that interested in, I think you should have to work for it and read a book. Well, not only that, but you're reading it in your own voice, and you're reading it in your head in a manner to which is comfortable to you. Exactly. So when you read something difficult, you can read it in your calm voice or whatever you got going in your head. You know? Right. And it's one of those things that I don't know. It it affects me less when reading like biases because if we're talking about like uh me current day media, like if I'm looking at the news, sure I will read CNN, but you have to know how to read that because there are clear biases being made where you have to be able to spot it. And it's not just CNN, you know, your uh, every major news outlet in this country, you have to know how to consume it because otherwise you're just getting inundated with their opinions mm-hmm. for whichever network it may be. So you have to have the right eyes to look at this shit. But when you're putting, you know... Uh, lower toned voices over like real damning music stings and it it just irritates the shit out of me because that is eliciting an emotional response rather than just writing something where you may have some bias in your writing style but i think it's easier to spot and it affects you less psychologically Mm -hmm. so that's what like i can deal with a true crime book if you really want to read some shit like that go ahead read the book but to sit and watch a 45-minute episode about somebody who really was fucking tortured or whatever grisly death they uh, happened upon them. I don't know. I, I don't like it. It's I've seen, fucking disgusting. I've <laughs> seen some, too, either intentionally or unintentionally shame the victims, make them look goofy or make them look like they were you know, asking for it or that kind of thing. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? I, I hate that. And what what bothers me the most about these things is if they have a flippant attitude while they're talking, if the narrator, whoever's talking about it, is just like, oh, and then that old boy did blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, this is a fucking horrific crime that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. This is somebody's life. This affected so many fucking people. And you're sitting there cracking wise. Go fuck yourself. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm a, I'm a firm believer talking shit. I'm a firm believer in gallows humor. If you're there on the scene when things happen, this shit's going to come out of your mouth that would sound absolutely insane in any other condition. Yeah. But this is not that. This is on the air. You're opining about somebody's fucking misery, about this horrible thing that happened to whoever it happened to, and fuck you for having that opinion because you don't even know shit. Let's say, or conversely, uh, 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 glorifying uh, of, uh, I guess, a murder victim, which it sounds terrible to say, but like in the case of this Piketown massacre, yeah, this girl was shot very, very young. And I think she was 19 or something, had two kids, one when she was, you know, still in high school, whatever else. And they talk about how she had this guy's. T- uh, initials tattooed on her mm-hmm. somewhere it, and they came on and, well that just goes to show how much at one point that she really really loved him like no she was a young girl like mm-hmm. no don't do that like i understand she's a victim and she re- deserves all the respect in the world mm-hmm. but i actually do kind of find that disrespectful mm-hmm. to, where they're whitewashing everything yeah to put that on her where like i'm sure 
fucking two weeks after she got that. I'm not sure, but you know, she probably went, Oh fuck. I mm-hmm. wish I wouldn't have done that. I don't know anybody who's got their initials, whether they stayed with them or not, got somebody else's initials or a name mm-hmm. that was ever a hundred percent pleased with it. Yeah. It's, it, it's one of those things that just watching true crime drives me fucking nuts watching or listening to shit like that. And it's just fucking disgusting because they end it with a, if you like the Pike Town Massacre, please subscribe to blah, blah, blah. Like, if you like the Pike like, Town Massacre. Yeah, like, that's kind of fucking gross. <laughs> like, that's I, super gross, dude. Like, I understand reporting on it because a lot of them are reporters and whatever else. But a, a reporter will wait till everything's done or, you know, comment on it as it's happening and not, you know, make speculations and... Or if they do say, hey, this is pure conjecture, however, blah, this is what I really think. Yeah, but, but also, they were presented. I don't need that. Yeah. Don't, don't even fucking add that. If you're trying to tell this story, I don't give a shit what you think about it. How about it? <laughs> but that's not at all what I wanted to talk about today. I just I thought that was a topic, fucker. No, I, I was just I was getting us lubed up because it was something that was really, really irritating me. Oh, now I can walk around all slippery. So uh, I, I guess we'll... The, the point of this show, since the writers and actors are on strike, is uh, fuck the movies. Yeah, fuck them movies. So uh, James and I are just talking about stuff that we like. Mm-hmm. And I forget again... I believe what, it is my turn this time. Ah, uh, you're going first? I believe so. All right, so, sorry. I already uh, snuck like a half of one in there. but That's uh, all right. <laughs> You can finish it up later, baby. I, I had to really get that off my chest. I'm all lubed up now. Anyway, so James, what yes. you got for me this week, uh, my bespectacled friend? Something that's near and dear to everyone's heart. It's both a monster and well-beloved all at the same time. Crystal methamphetamine. Well, that too. <laughs> Similar, but in food form. Fast food. Oh, you son of a bitch. I'm going to talk about fast food. You dirty son of a bitch. This was going to be a week or two down the line what I was going to bring. You monster. <laughs> Great minds stink alike, buddy. Let's do it, my oh, friend. Oh, fucking A. Opening statements? Do you have any? Because I have a very strong one. Oh, let's hear your opening statement, homie. Uh, fast food is fantastic, and anybody who is above eating fast food can go fuck themselves. Mm-hmm. It is scientifically designed to be good. Mm-hmm. And yes, we understand Taco Bell isn't real tacos. Mm-hmm. They're fucking delicious, though. Look, I I am loath to admit how many times have we done, at least three or four times, We, you and I have dropped over 30 or $40 on Taco Bell just for us. Yes. After a podcast. Yeah, and sometimes during, not during recording, but yeah, sometimes it's the, uh, we got some, ate some, recorded, and then finished it up. What do, what do they call that when you can hold two separate opinions at the same time? Uh, stupid. Yeah. Well, I can be stupid about Taco Bell because to me, Taco Bell, even though tacos in the title is not taco, it's like a spicy cheeseburger mm-hmm. and a tortilla. Yeah. And... I have to do that mental gymnastics to eat it because it's not a taco, but it is a fucking amazing when you're stupid, hungry, and broke. Yep. Sure is. Mm-hmm. And like, it's a lot of people's first job. A lot of people's first job. Yep. And uh, it's just that it, you, it's ubiquitous, you know, it, especially when, especially when you are hard up against, you don't have a lot of money. People are like, well, you spend, you got money to spend at McDonald's. You can't go to the grocery store. It's fuck. You know how much it costs to make a healthy meal as opposed to going to McDonald's. Yep. 
you know i, I sure do i can be full as well not anymore now it's arm and a leg but you know traditionally i can get full as fuck on seven bucks and if i bought seven dollars worth of food to cook in my own house i i wouldn't even i wouldn't be full i just couldn't be because that's just not enough money to cook healthy i say unless you're eating effectively slop ramen noodles yeah you, oh yeah you can get full for two bucks mm-hmm. but what's the point it's exactly so. I've I, and cooking for a living. I again. I don't. I can't eat while I work. It's just too fucking fucking hot, too greasy, and I'm sick of the food because I've lived in it. Yeah. You know, that's all I've done is eat, breathe, smell. And there's nothing that I. I don't want to see food for an hour after I leave. Mm-hmm. So fast food is what it was. Either frozen pizzas, or if there was something open on my way home, or if sometimes I was smart, I would buy it on the way there, keep it in the fridge at work. And then have a couple of Italian beefs on the way home. But mm-hmm. it was always fast food. Now, there are tiers of fast food, I think. Oh, yes. Now, what are we constituting as fast food? Are we saying anything with a drive through mm, It doesn't have to. I know great spots without. Like Hamburger Heaven. There's a lot of places that I used to like to go to that is fast food. There's no drive through But would you consider like a steak and shake? Yeah, that would fast- be fast uh, because you do have to sit ooh, down and wait. That is a, that is kind of straddling the line, but we can make the same argument for Five Guys. That that was going to be my next question too. Is because I don't consider Five Guys fast food. I don't consider a ten dollar burger at fast food because for me, fast food also means cheap, cheap or Ish. reasonably priced for the amount of food that you get. Yes. Okay. Because an Italian beef sandwich is not cheap, but you get a lot of fucking food and you're full. You know. So, cheap has to be in there. So, Five Guys is out of the question. Steak and Shake is back in the running because you, you can buy the but menu. they have a drive-thru, too, which, right. is, which is what throws them into that weird uh, limbo uh, between your casual sit-downs and your fast foods. Yeah, but the, the sit-down, you're not getting weighted on. You're walking through a line to get to the thing. It's like Culver's. Right. Culver's is fast food. Yes. Steak and shake would be fast food. Only there's the only difference is it feels a little different, but it's the same thing. You walk through the line, you order your food, you get a number, you sit at the table. They bring the food out. They're not refilling your drinks or not. At steak and shake? Steak and shake, yeah. No, you sit down. The person comes to your table. Wow, I haven't been to a steak and shake in a while. The one I went to, you just went through the line and they brought your food out. Nope. Okay, well then... For, um, at least for my entire lifetime that, of going to Steak and Shake. It could, have been, it could that, have been just the one I went to. That's I why know. I'm saying is that they fall in that strange limbo in between. I would still consider them because of the hours that they're open and when you want it and why you want it makes it fast food. And the, just generally the product because it is not your typical sit-down restaurant, half or third pound, like, burger, burger. It's the... Thin mm-hmm. pressed patties that are quick cooked and mm-hmm. out the door, and they got that beautiful little char on the outside. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, I I fuck around with a steak and shake, my man. You give me a Frisco melt any day of the week, buddy. And I will tell you a restaurant that's almost fast food, Denny's. Yeah, it's it's borderline. Only if we talk about again, to me, fast food is or fast food is fast, cheap. But, but Denny's, I'm not gonna... Denny's venture, and I guess Steak and Shake to a certain degree also ventures into just being diner. Right. And that's where I, I think what delineates the diner, I mean, having been a diner server and a Denny's server, the difference is scale of service. When I'm at Denny's, 
your coffee cup's full, your your bill's dropped when your food's trapped. Because I'm going to ask you, you saving room for dessert? No, boom, here's a check. I'm in no hurry. We can always change it if you want. Boom, out. At a diner, I'm still going through steps of service. You know, I'm still, hey, app, you want this? you want that? Hey, how about this? Hey, we got this on special. I've got to spend a little time at it. One of the Denny's, hey, what do you want? If you don't fucking know, I got three other tables. I can come back. Yeah. And that's the difference. I'm, I'm basically a cashier at a McDonald's when I'm, when I'm at Denny's. The only difference is I bring the food and I take your cash. So that's kind of straddling the line. But if we want to talk about we, I will say that Denny's and my argument in my head is fast food. But for the sake of this argument isn't because I think we need to delineate a little bit more or else we'll talk for a month about all the oh yeah different. <laughs> we, we sure can, buddy, because I got strong opinions. I do too. And again, the funny thing is there's a difference even between Denny's and IHOP. Yes, there sure is. IHOP was not to me fast food because there's nothing fast about IHOP. Denny's servers, every Denny's I've ever been in, even shitty Denny's is fucking at your table. Boom. Because they want you gone. Right. At IHOP, they're like, oh shit, let's keep them here. Maybe we can sell them a little more. I don't know. You know, with that weird boysenberry syrup or whatever bullshit that oh, they Oh, where they have like 12 different syrups on the caddy. I, who fucking cares? I refuse to go to IHOP. I don't like pancakes, though, Mm-mm. so. And their food ain't nothing. Well, I wouldn't imagine so. I, I wouldn't go to IHOP and order food food. Mm, I miss popping fresh. But anyways. Oh, sorry. Um, getting back to. Fast I, food. I think you had a very interesting point, though, that societally... When you look at fast food, not only is it like one of the first experiences as a mm-hmm. child, but as a child growing into the workforce, again, it is a ton of people's first jobs. And I remember the first time I ever bought food for myself, not at a store, not at any place. It wasn't at home. I had, I had like two bucks in my pocket. And I think cheeseburgers were 35 cents at McDonald's at the time because I'm ancient. Mm-hmm. You sure are. And I had $2, and I walked to the McDonald's, and I'm like, I can, it, it occurred to me that I could purchase something for myself with my money, it, it, which is like, oh, my tiny little mind was going, what? Oh, yeah, that's a huge thing as, as a kid. And then it's like, I always knew I could buy candy, and you know, into my head, I was like, I can buy these things because I'm a kid, and that's what we but I could go into McDonald's by myself, nobody's going to ask me any questions, and I can go and order what I want. Yeah, I can get a hamburger, and it's going to be the same as every other hamburger that I've ever had, but I bought it, and it's going to be the best goddamn hamburger the in the world. thing is, I didn't get fast food as a kid. I just didn't get it, because we can make it at home cheaper. Fuck that, you yeah. know? So this was like a, and plus my mom was a nurse, so it, well, it's not healthy. You, know, you, you can't have that, you know? But uh, long story short is I did it, and then I found out, I, I found out a little bit later, like I said, I didn't like the onions. And I'm like kind of picking the onions up. The person behind the counter told you, you can, you can order it without onions. And I'm like, huh? what? <laughs> I can, what? So I, I, a cheeseburger with no onions. And I, I bought like $2 worth at 35 cents a pop. And I just gorged myself because the first bite, salt, fat from the cheese, the sugar. All that sugar from the ketchup, because they used Heinz back in the day. And, and the sugar in the bread, because it's America. Yeah. Apparently it's, our bread's just disgustingly sweet. It is basically cake in Ireland. <laughs> they, have to, they can't call it bread. And uh, yeah, it, but, but everything is involved in the extra bit of salt from the meat and the beef. And I'm like, 
what is happening here? Every single serotonin I had in my body just went off at the same time. Yeah, it's a real magical experience. It is, especially when you are not used to having that kind of decadence all in one bite. Because my family was poor but smart. You know, we we have real tacos, so there's actual lettuce, there's actual greens involved, there's actual this and that. Yep. And separation of flavors. And I would get some fat with the cheese, but it wasn't the whole thing. Mm -hmm. But when you give an 11-year-old a sugar fat bomb, might as well just, here's two grains of morphine, come back in about two days. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. And and I get it, but there's, there's a certain primacy with that. Like... Like initial experiences that are that meaningful. There, there, there are not a whole lot of those in my life. And one of the things that I will say that that did set off is it it did so many things to my palate that I'm like, what what else does that? Because I have had you know, my mom's Polish. We eat a lot of you know roasts, potatoes, gravy, even on the Mexican side. Spice is there, but it's not, you know, it's it's the same palette of five or six flavors, just presented differently, cooked differently with different meats. Right. So my palate was not that big. But all of a sudden, I'm like, well, all these things could happen right in my face. Yep. <laughs> I need to find out what could, else could happen in my face because this was an amazing experience. And I think it opened up the possibility that I have some control over food. I have choices over what I can have. I can mix flavors on my fucking own. And that's what fast food started for me. It, it, it opened up the possibilities of what, what I never knew existed on a plate. And when I'm down, we were talking about depression last week. I, I think the only time I ever had a problem with my weight is when I was on the road eating like gas station and I was drinking daily. Mm-hmm. Got up to about just uh, just over three hundred pounds. I think when I when you saw me at the flat when I met you at the flat, I was about two fifty. Yeah, you were much bigger. Yeah. than you are now. I'm about a buck eighty five right now. Um, but food, like when I get depressed, the first thing to go is food because my uh, my I've got a really jacked up stomach and digestive system. So I get upset. I don't want to eat. The only sometimes the only thing that'll pull me out. Again is, oh, fuck, and I'll go to I go to, you know I'll go to the local burger joint and just do the same thing I did. I get four double cheeseburgers. I never eat four double cheeseburgers, but I will sit down and eat each and every one of them. And I haven't had calories in three days, so you know it works out. But what it'll do is it'll kickstart me. It'll give me just enough to go. Okay, I can go wash myself. Or okay, what's the next thing I gotta do? You know. And so it's kind of an important part of my life when I'm the poorest. It's there for me when I need it because it's cheap and it's filling and it's satisfying. And it's the one joy of my day. And again, even if it's not absolutely filling, Mm -hmm. it was, well, at least I got that. Mm -hmm. I might still be hungry, but at least I ate that fucking cheeseburger. That was good. From a pure caloric standpoint, it was more than enough for you that day. And... I know that even if it didn't fill my entire stomach, the amount of calories that I have eaten from that will put me through for a day and a half if I need it to, you know? So my body's like, oh, you're okay. You've got enough calories and it kind of kickstarts it. There, there's so many things that, there's so many things that fast food does for me. 
you know, um, for example, today, I didn't have time to cook. I had no time to cook and we had to do the podcast. So what I do, I go get a, a $5 pizza or a $6 pizza. Mm-hmm. Now, I can no longer eat any cheap pizzas. I, I've done it too many times. And it was a couple of years ago. And anybody who knew me, if you told them that I w- wasn't eating Jack's pizza, they'd have been like, come on. That's four times a week for you. Bullshit. Yeah, that, you've been doing that for 30 years, James, uh, at least four times a week. Come on, get the fuck out of here. I can't even look at them. I can't look at them. Can't eat Little Caesars. I can't eat anything anymore unless it's very specific style of pizza. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? But for Yeah, but for the most part, what's better than I went out and got, you know, a $6 pizza for the kids. They're both, they're both happy. They're both full. And I didn't do a fucking thing. And I don't feel guilty. Uh-huh. You know, I, fuck, I didn't have to cook. Plus, I mean, it's sometimes really all I want to do is eat some fucking chicken nuggets. Mm-hmm. Or. Give I, me that 20-piece nugget and shove that right in my fucking face holes. I, better than that for me is that fucking Kentucky Fried Chicken Bowl. Oh, my God. James. It is a disgusting, gloopy, chickeny, glutinous mess, and it is amazing. Yeah, I, uh, I, I have nothing bad to say about that. Although, I, I'm not a huge KFC fan. Uh-huh. If there is literally any other option for fried chicken, including like the frozen uh, banquet fried chicken, I will take that any day of the week Dude, over KFC. To this day, I love banquet fried the ba- the ones you just stick in the oven. Uh huh. For like forty five minutes. Fucking love them. Uh huh. When I was a kid, my aunt used to make them. She'd have tacos and beans and everything, and then we'd cook up a whole box of chicken. And all it is is salt and flour. It sure is. And black pepper. That's maybe a hint of garlic. Maybe I think they waved a garlic clove over it or something. Yeah. It is objectively the worst thing you ever ate. And every time I eat a bite of that, it makes me so fucking happy. Speaking of fast food and absolutely disgusting shit that I hold near and dear to my heart. And uh, for any of our East Coast listeners, this might not really ring a bell, but jack-in-the-box tacos, baby. Oh, the deep-fried tacos, motherfucker. Oh, my God, with the American cheese slice in them. Booyah. Oh, dude, they're so disgustingly delicious. Uh, Erica and I have had many, many a conversation about the jack-in-the-box taco because it is barely food. Mm-mm. Well, <laughs> anything in jack-in-the-box is barely food, and what kills me is... I don't know, I want to say up until I was about 10 or 11, you get Jack in the Box Chicago area. We had Jack Balls the whole shot, and uh, then never heard of it again. Uh-huh. And, and then I went to boot camp in San Diego, and I'm like, is that a Jack in the Box? I took a lib, and the first thing I did was went to, I went, well, there was a big mall out there in San Diego, and I, uh, I got arrested for skateboarding down it. And I, I went to Jack in the Box first. You're though. so fucking cool. No, I just wanted to see if I could do it, and it didn't occur to me that I could get arrested. Because I'm not a smart man. Because you're that fucking rad. Yeah, because I'm why. that. I'm a rude dude with a bad dude. Absolutely. Anyways, Jack but in the Box. Yes. I had to stop at the Jack in the Box, and again, it's the, garbage. It is, but eleven-year-old brain, and then eighteen-year-old brain, and then I'm like. Oh, I finally get to have one. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, this is absolute garbage. 
This is horrible. Give me three more. I can't. I hate myself. I just fucking ate five of the goddamn things. So, since we are on the topic, you may know this about me, James. Mm -hmm. Uh, My one requirement, if I am leaving the state of Michigan, Mm -hmm. traditionally, obviously, that would be going south. Yes. My one requirement for leaving the state of Michigan, I don't care where I am going. I don't care what we are doing. I will come with. One thing, we are stopping at a White Castle. Oh, yeah. Dude, I hold White Castle very near and dear to my heart. And the last time I went, Mm -hmm. we were on our way to the Oddities and Curiosities show Mm. in uh, uh, Indianapolis. And (sighs) on our way back, I said, oh, there's an exit that has a White Castle. Mm -hmm. That was my one thing that I asked for. That was the only thing. I will put in on gas, everything else. And as soon as they handed that bag through the window, the two people right, the, who were driving and riding immediately said, that smells like a corpse. Yes. What the fuck? Yes. And then after already eating a sandwich, I pre- proceeded to eat at least six oh, of those amazing. fucking sliders. I don't even like onions and I'll eat them. I, dude, I, in my humble opinion... Mm-hmm. White Castle is the crown jewel of the fast food. I did not realize. But that's also kind of regional because uh, I have a fun White Castle story, too. I'm sorry to interrupt you. That's but right. When I moved to Denver, mm-hmm. I that was one of the things. I was like, ooh, I'm going to find the White Castle here because at that time, Stonerville, USA, it was one of the only places where marijuana was legal. And Denver did not have a White Castle. Say what? So my idea, my million dollar idea, as I call it, was to open a White Castle franchise in Denver. Because in a city that size, there's no way that at least one person is not watching Harold and Kumar go to White Castle Mm. getting high in Stonerville, USA in 2014. Right. I found out that was not possible. Because White Castle has the standard. They have their shipping hub, I believe, in western Illinois. Mm -hmm. Anything outside of a certain radius, they will not franchise to because they cannot get their product there as fresh as possible. And I went, you sons of bitches, this isn't going to work. But I respect your ethics. Mm. Well, that's probably why they don't have a Portillo's in Los Angeles. Yep. Because they can't guarantee the quality. Uh Uh-huh. That makes sense. I was always wondering why they didn't fucking have a good hot dog stand because half of fucking Los Angeles is Chicago. <laughs> Three quarters of the writers you got, they're either from Chicago or fucking New York. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, why isn't somebody cleaning up with a fucking good Vienna hot dog stand? I'm like, oh, Jesus, you know how much it would cost to ship that shit all the way down? So, yeah. Yeah, so that's why White Castle is only available in very specific areas. And it didn't occur to me because I'd always had White Castle. And... To us, White Castle in some place you go, it's where you end up. If fuck, what's open? White Castle, let's go. Let's go get some chicken rings. And then you just eat. You know how you know how much food, especially back in my day, you get you'd eat twenty dollars of White Castle, you couldn't move for a week. Oh, I bet not. And you would think that it would run through you and you'd be shitting like a goose, but that mm-hmm. is going to impact your bowels something fierce. It do it do. But I'll tell you what, if you if you've been out hitting it hard all night, and you've got 
all of the acid in the entire universe and your entire torso is filled with stomach acid. And we should note to anybody listening who lives in Michigan anyway, uh, drinking in Michigan and drinking in Chicago are two very different things. (laughs) Those are very different classes of drinkers. So if you get about $20 worth of White Castle and you can go to work in the morning, especially if you have to work at five like I did. You're like, oh, shit, I got to be to work in three hours. Uh-huh. White Castle, why? Fuck sleep. Yep, because <laughs> I'm going to have indigestion all day. And it's I don't want to follow wonderful. it with three pots of iced coffee and fuck the world. Let's go. Give me a beer. So I, I guess that, I mean, if overall that's my number one but that's not really like a nationwide mm. what would you say is your number one uh i don't know because i'd gone without a license for a good chunk of my life and now i've had it for for almost longer than i haven't had it and i've become that person who wants to make the perfect fast food meal so I'll I'll get a I'll get the double double bacon or you know double cheeseburger with bacon from Burger King. I'll get my fry or I'll get that and um their, or I'll get that and then I'll go to Culver's for onion rings and cheese curds and then I'll go to McDonald's for fries and get a big old shake. Boom. Or I get the shake at Culver's. But you know what I'm saying? I'll make a Franken meal and I get exactly what the fuck I want. So it's hard for me to say because I love this for that, another for that, and another for that. I see. But if I had to pick an all-time favorite, oh, I can't pick a hot dog stand, can I? Fuck. Because that's local. Local as shit. See, I, and I'm not really sure. I don't think, I was going to say uh, checkers slash rallies, but I don't think that's nationwide either. Because for me, I love, I love Church's Fried Chicken. But Ooh, I don't know if it's nature. Over Popeye's? Over Popeye's, yeah. Ooh, damn. That's a bold stance. Does Popeye's have catfish? No. No. Well, maybe. Who knows? And Church's Dirty Rice is better on accident. So, Church's. All right. All right. <laughs> now, does Church's have a, or does Popeye's have a lot better other stuff? Yeah. But for what I'm going to Church's for, I can't fuck with it. Oh, man. That Cajun gravy. Mm, that's uh, there's nothing Cajun about that no. gravy, but it's <laughs> fucking good at Popeye's, boy. Oh, man. I learned how to make so many different weird gravies down south. Had one in bacon grease, flour, and a little bit of coffee. Like coffee ground. Yeah. Red eye gravy. Oh, yeah. I know I know about uh, red eye gravy, my man. And I learned how to make the perfect gumbo roux. So, a uh, little, little tip for you and y'all out there. you want to, If you are ever making French dips and you want to add a little bit of mystery to your au jus, a little bit of black coffee. Mm-hmm. Pour that right in there because it mixes with the, the roasted flavor of the meat. Mm-hmm. Uh, black coffee and... Uh, Black pepper. Just toss some peppercorns in there. Let them soak. Don't don't serve the peppercorns. Ooh. But yeah, or else you'll get me making angry faces at you because I don't you like. Sure will. Don't like whole peppercorns of nothing in my food. But uh, overall, as far as like a nationwide fast food, hmm. buddy, gotta give it to Arby's. See, I can't do Arby's. Really? Never liked it. Never could. There was something about the texture of the meat just threw me. Oh. Baby, you give me one of them beef and cheddars, especially one of them double beef and cheddars. And here's the thing. You got to put the curly fries on the sandwich Mm -hmm. and then douse it in horsey sauce. I know. I can can tell you exactly why I never fuck with Arby's. I grew up with Good Deli. Yeah. And fine. Fucking Arby's. I can go to to a deli and get better on accident for cheaper. 
But I, I really do love their weird pink gelatinous meat that it's just formed in a mold you know, out I, of science. I get it. The, the, the flavor's not bad. You know what I mean? It's just the, the chew throws me. The chew, the chew just fucks with me. It's like the gelatinous that we talked about. I can't get past the texture. It, it's just like, ooh, something's wrong. It's dead. And well, it's rotten. See, uh, one of the things that I think we're overlooking, though, is the uh, fast food chicken sandwich. Mm. Which uh, Burger I, King Italian chicken sandwich I'm enjoying right now. The I, I still will say the uh, clear winner of the chicken sandwich is the Wendy's spicy chicken sandwich. I was just going to say the Wendy's spicy chicken. Because... And this is a very, very much a distinction that needs to be made. Hmm. Popeyes and their chicken sandwich. No, that is a chicken sandwich with spicy mayo. Mm -hmm. Fuck off. Right. You give me that spicy chicken Mm -hmm. sandwich. You you win. And I will tell you, have you fucked with the ghost pepper chicken? I have not. There is not a Wendy's around here, and as you know, I am not a motorist. Well, let me tell you something about that. Traditionally, when told a fast food restaurant has something spicy, you get the scoff face from me. Yeah, you get the, oh, okay. Okay, It's it's like seeing spicy peanuts, and you're like, oh. It's nice when they try. Yeah. Now, I will tell you, I took a bite of this with a lot of, you know, fuck. I took a big old bite. I, I... I was sure that this wasn't going to fuck with me. Real nuts out move. Mm-hmm. And then I'm about halfway through the bite and I'm going, okay, this will, okay, you got me a little bit. Oh, okay, I got you, ghost pepper. I got, then I'm like, you got me, ghost pepper. I was like, fuck. Now, it wasn't intense like a, like an actual, you know, like you get the chemical burn from the actual pepper, yes. but there was enough in there to wake me up and make my nose run. And I'm like, that does not happen with fast food hot. That's impressive. So what I did was I wanted to make sure this wasn't a one-off. So I got the spicy chicken, the the ghost pepper cheese, and the ghost pepper sauce. I took a tentative bite. And I was duly impressed because it hurt a little bit. It actually hurt a lot. I'm like, fuck. See, I I am 100% on board with you. I commend anybody who is willing to say that something is spicy and actually make it spicy. Mm-hmm. Because if you're ordering something that says that it's spicy, don't be an asshole about it and go, that's too spicy. You were warned. Mm-hmm. And I love, too, when, when somebody says, I want it spicy. You guys don't know. Make it as hot as you can. And I'm like, you sure about that, man? You're asking me who's cooking your food to make it as hot as I can. Okay. Have you ever, because I've had that very same thing happen many, 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 many times. Mm -hmm. How many times have you gotten that sent back and they went, okay, well, they said that that is actually like too hot. No, because everybody I know that has had the balls to do that at least would pay for it and shut the fuck up and just take it home. See, I, I have had that shit sent back before. Mm. It's, oh, they wanted this, like, you know, pasta or whatever. Can you make the tomato sauce, like, as spicy as you can? Like, yeah, I can. <laughs> okay. But <laughs> you are going to get what you asked for. Oh, don't do that in Chicago because we're all Mexican in the kitchen. <laughs> and we can make shit hot for you. Yeah. And don't challenge me. Do not challenge me because I will. I will make it hot for you. 
I won't make it too hot for everybody in the kitchen. So please don't. Yeah, I'm going to make the like everyone around me hurt because cooking this has released it into the air, and mm-hmm. now we are all choking. We're all wearing, we're all wearing respirators. <laughs> we got tongs to pour the sauce on your table. There you go, sir. What everybody duck and cover? Why? It's gonna eat it. <laughs> so, dude, I don't fuck around with like the heat challenge stuff. Oh, uh, uh-uh. uh. But back I, to the I, chicken. Uh, anyway, okay, oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah, we're we're deviating. No, seriously though, when it comes to even without the hot. When it comes to pure quality of chicken in a sandwich, Wendy's hands fucking down. Yep. And I mixed and matched. I had they had one with the pretzel roll, and I had pretzel roll with the non-spicy Munster cheese. Mmm. That's bacon, an interesting twist. And just a little sprung of honey mustard. Because a traditional like sweet sweet, what I doctor the honey mustard with a little regular mustard, so I get a little bit of that tart with the sweet. Yes. The the brightness of the flavors, the monster, the bacon, and then that good chew of chicken. And I, I after after they put it through, I take a little bit of butter and put it on put it on the uh, bun. You know, for added fat and salt. Yeah. It is freaking amazing to me. I'm like, they're only charging that much for that sandwich because those sandwiches they might cost a little bit for a chicken sandwich, but you get the quality. I mean, when you take a bite of that fucking sandwich, you have. You're having a sandwich. Mm-hmm. It doesn't chew like it's reconstituted. It, it, and the crispiness doesn't get soggy. It ha- actually has a texture all the way through. And what I will say, and I understand that it's probably coated in edible waxes and uh, colorants and uh, preservatives out the wazoo. But I have gotten fresher, crisper vegetables at on sandwiches at fast food than I have at places that I've spent actual money on. Mm-hmm. You know what I wish they had out here? There was a taco stand called Baja Fresh for a while. I don't know if they still have them or not. I don't know. But it was like a taco bar. But it was real tacos. And all... All the fixings were amazing. The pico, you could taste the lime juice in. You could tell it was fresh squeezed. It wasn't cheap. You know, even back then in the 2000s, early 2000s, it was like, you know, $8 for three tacos, which back then is a lot. It's still kind of a lot, but back then it was exorbitant. But you go there and just the produce, just the produce they have on the bar, you're just like, I know why I'm paying this much for these tacos because the fucking... The, you could tell they use Roma tomatoes, not the not the waxy ones. Mm-hmm. And the good Romas, because it still had a little bit of soft. You know, it wasn't the rock-hard ones. Yep. Um, the onions, the, the red onions, you could, were crisp. When you when you bit them, you could get the crunch, and you could still get the acid to them. It was, hmm. Wish they had those. And then I, that would be my favorite then. So the last thing I have to say mm-hmm. about fast food, personally, and it's just kind of a funny one. Hey, do you remember Fazoli's? They've still got a couple around. Do they? Yeah. That still exists, huh? Yeah, but I think it's like they bought the franchise, and then when it went under, they were like, well, fuck, we're still making money. What a fucking shit idea. (laughs) Almost Italian. Fast food Italian. No, thank you. Absolutely not. It's like, I don't think a basil basil leaf had been past that restaurant in 20 years. No. No. Absolutely not. Mm-mm. But the one interesting thing that they used to do is they had uh, effectively like deep fryer setups, but they were always full of water. Mm-hmm. So you could cook pasta in them. Yeah. 
constantly running. Like, dude, that what a humid, disgusting nightmare that I, must have been. I couldn't even imagine. To produce fazolis at the end of the day. Because I know it was bad. Uh, when we were doing med cruises, uh, you know, I'm inside a big old steel ship, right? And it, if you're cooking, we had three or four of these big steam, steam jacket kettles. They, they hold about 30, 40 gallons a piece. They're huge. They tilt out. And you can cook, like, 20 gallons of gravy soup so you got all four of them running and you're in a very very small enclosed thing cooking through that the the ventilation is you know barely there it's like a like a butterfly it it leaves some to be desired it's like a little butterfly's whisper okay yeah it's horrible it's just steam dripping we used to have this thing it's a wet bulb globe temperature test and technically it, it got to a certain point you could spend 10 minutes in and 10 minutes out (laughs) <laughs> technically christ so yeah i couldn't even imagine working at a fazoli's for a regular because it's like fucking you do two days of that and you're you're in the rack for you're you're laying in your bed for 20 hours and they'll give you extra hours off because you spent all that time in that heat yeah. oh mm. just fast food italian like man I just, why uh, did you think that was a good plan i got everything was what calzones and and baked it was, yeah, they had, like, pizza-baked spaghetti and shit, which, Ugh. it's fine. Like, I've made it here before, but Would with you consider a buffet? Stuff, no. No, okay. No, a uh, buffet is a whole different animal. Yeah, we, we could talk about them some other day. Yes, we sure can. Oh, yeah. So. I want to hear what you get to say, my guy. So, uh, here's something I kind of wanted to discuss with you, because uh, uh, recently... Uh, Ben Wheatley, the director that we like, uh, he directed The Meg 2. So The fuck out of here. Yeah, which is real weird. But um, it got me thinking about the movie that he made called, I believe it was In the Earth. And uh, it kind of has to do with, I don't want to sound a little hippy-dippy, whatever here, but uh, I think that there are definitely forces of nature out there that, I don't think we will ever understand. And I don't think we should. Mm -hmm. Because, I don't know, there's there's just something weird that happens in not only nature and the cosmos, when you think about like dark matter and all of these things that, hey, maybe we shouldn't know that. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I just just thought it was an interesting thing that... uh, you know, they say, you know, the trees somehow communicate with each other through a weird electrical impulse. It's like, well, well, why is that? But think about it. There are whole areas like, um, I want to say, what are those, uh, the mangrove trees out in like uh, the swamps mm-hmm. where you can be a mile of trees, but it's all one tree. And there's n- no way a living anything that big, if we call sentience like, our thought it may be sentient in a different way because there are nerves in there. There's such a huge, large mass that it has to have some way to communicate from one to the other. So that parts of it dies, some of it can close off, that kind of thing. Um, there are mushroom colonies. Oh, and that was because I was I was talking to Kayla and I was like, this is kind of what I what I want to talk to James about. It's just, you know, that weird shit that exists on Earth. The just why is that? And fungus. Yeah, it's one of those things that you ask, like, biologists about fungus, strap in. Mm-hmm. Because they will talk your goddamn ear off. Because, obviously, you know, 
us and trees and grass and what have you, living organisms. You're forgetting one you're, huge one too. But I'm just saying you're, coral. Yeah, your rocks and your what have you, non-living objects, fungus. Well, it's kind of the zombie of nature. It's not really alive, but it's not dead. Uh, like well, and it's stuff like that that just I don't think. You know what? Let's just not. Let's just not, because when have human beings ever helped? And if you think about it, too, where do you think those tales of, uh, like, Cthulhu and that type of thing came? The vast unknown of the sea. Mm-hmm. You know, as much time as I've spent on the oceans, it is fucking mind-boggling, especially if you've had the experience of a completely black night with just a few lights on your ship, standing on the back of the ship, and being able to see the entire panorama of the horizon, you can turn 360 degrees and not see anything but the ship that you're standing on. The vastness of that ocean and the stillness and then all of a sudden, the wildness. I, we were in, I forgot, we were pulling near Jamaica one time and there were, we counted seven water spouts, you know, because the clouds were low and they were spiraling up. And I don't know if you've ever seen films of the, like the water spouts coming down. Yes. There were three on one side, two on the other, and two behind us. Fucking dolphins dr- jumping through our wake. And the air was still. And, and it was, again, we talk about a primal feeling. I'd never felt like that before. It was the power of the ocean, the great unknown expanse. Because there's so much that we have explored and seen and done. We've conquered the moon. What happens when we send somebody down there? we can't no you know and every time we push we push so hard that people die yes and we still don't know dick about the ocean no and that it goes right along with yeah those things that i wanted to talk about just how there's no way that things down there should be able to live Mm -hmm. not only due to just the uh vast cold but the pressure should kill any living thing. Mm-hmm. And these are some of the things that I believe that they pulled out don't have like enormous exoskeletons to keep pressure off of them. No. It, it's just bananas. And I'm kind of leaning at this point in, you know, human uh, trajectory. Maybe we just shouldn't. Well, they talk about too, like the octopus. It's basically an alien intelligence. Yes. Because octopi in and of themselves are clever, smart, intelligent. They have hyper-intelligent too when it comes to food, which is the only thing it needs to worry about, food and predators. But goddamn, they, they camouflage. They can change their whole body to look like something else, to mimic another creature that shouldn't be fucked with. And you can't tell me that just because they don't, communicate the way we communicate doesn't mean that they're not fucking having conversations that we just don't understand because they're doing it with colors on their body and movements of whatever we don't know and what fucks i think with humans more than anything is not knowing something you know that curiosity that innate curiosity that we have so you've you again when we talk about that what defines intelligence and is our definition the only definition of intelligence 
Because it can't possibly be. Because the Earth has been around for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I don't mean to sit and, you know, be questioning science. You know that we're not the, those people. Mm-hmm. But at the same time... I don't think that we need to know because, like I said before, when have human beings ever really helped? Well, can I tell you the mark of a true scientist? We are world destroyers. Mm -hmm. A real scientist, the ones that I've met, the few that I've met, you ask them a question and a lot of times you go, I don't know. Why? Because you can't know it. We're trying to know it. can't. This is what we know. I can tell you about this, this, and this. What about that? Fuck, I don't, we're, 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 we're working on it. We're figuring it out. I don't know if we'll ever figure it out, but goddamn, we're going to try. Yeah, and just little shit. That yeah. we, with all of our advancements that we still don't know, why do animals migrate? Still, nobody knows. They know why, they just don't know how, how? they can. Yes, yeah. exactly. But yeah, the bigger question, like, well, why don't they stay in these climates and how do they keep finding their way back generally generationally like the it, the pigeons of capistrano exactly the fucking uh, monarch the big old monarch chords that come all over yeah yeah all that shit yeah and i i really think we're to a point where we should just say you know what it happens mm-hmm. let's move on we don't why do we need to know why we yawn it, it, it's something that science can't really explain, mm-hmm. but I don't think we need to just stop. And that's curiosity has taken us this far, mm-hmm. but w- with all the curiosity comes technology with mm-hmm. technology comes us absolutely destroying the planet that we live on. Yeah. But I, I don't care. It, human nature. We've always been the same. It's just now we have better ways to do it to each other. Exactly. <laughs> But it, I don't think technology in and of itself is a good or bad thing. No, I mean, it, it's going to happen, I suppose. But... I can't see how it would be any better without striving. Right. But when it comes to looking at things like, even like dark matter, like I was talking about before, mm-hmm. how we know it exists because it was it? it bends light. Mm-hmm. It doesn't absorb or refract it, but it bends it. Mm-hmm. It's the only reason that we know that it's there. That's well, kind of cool. Well, what is it? Mo. Mm. <laughs> but there it is. Yeah, it, it sure is. Look at it. It's right there. And that's why, again, I don't mean to like question science, but I always, when people will say with certainty, you know, oh, well, the Big Bang Theory, you know, it happened in a trillionth of a second. And Okay, well, that's a, that's a great guess. I understand how you got there. But human beings have historically been wrong about uh-huh. everything. <laughs> But that's what I love about the scientific process. This is the best answer we got until we find a better answer. Whoa, shit. We were wrong. This is the better answer. Yep. Fucking love that about it because anything, anything, anybody who holds the same views when presented with new and accurate information deserves what the fuck they get. Mm-hmm. Okay? So... One of the joys about having a fucked up head is everything's new to me all the time. So whatever the latest breakthrough or whatever is, is the only thing that's extant in my mind. It's hard for me to remember before that idea. So that's why I'm always never going to say, hey, yeah, we, we know enough. No, we, we'll never, ever, ever know enough. Yeah, and that's what, in, 
along with we probably shouldn't try and know these things because I don't think that really the human brain can comprehend that. And it's been proven that we can't. Like, right. I mean, you try and talk about the distance to the sun. Yeah, we can measure it with a, a certain degree of accuracy. But to actually try and comprehend that, it, you cannot. Well, it's the same you thing. I absolutely think cannot. We, we've had a similar conversation in a movie where the difference between a thousand deaths and two deaths. In my head, the two deaths are worse. Why? Because I'm there. I can understand the impact of two deaths. A thousand, then the, after that number, my brain can't process that unless I differentiate the people. Mm-hmm. So a thousand deaths doesn't mean two deaths mean something. And I, I, I absolutely see your point. Yeah. I just, I I think it's amazing that there are things out there like, I believe it's somewhere in the uh, Russian block country somewhere where there's just a giant limestone crater. No one has any idea. And it's deep as fuck too. They don't even know how deep it is. Yeah. Or what about the hole they dug? The hole they dug to hell? Yeah. But I mean, just the, the, the scientific advancements just coming. There's no reason to dig that fucking far down. No reason at all. Nope. But goddamn, do you know how m- much they've improved a lot of industries just by seeing how far they can drill? They come up with new processes and new this, new that, you know, help drain dams, all that kind of shit because of that. So there's a bunch of engineers. Yeah, dig more. Why? Because I'm learning more shit. <sighs> exactly. But, I mean, do we really want to know what lives at the center of the earth? Because I'm going to be honest with you, James, I don't. And to say that, oh, well, nothing because it would be too hot. Well, once again, we have oceans that are however deep. You cannot say for for certain that there is not absolute monsters lurking down there. And because I, and I, there are absolute monsters lurking in the seas. <laughs> I, I love that about that, though. I love the fact that there's always going to be unknown. There's always going to be that. Um, <clears throat> and I, I crave novelty. I crave advancement i crave learning these things so again i hope that never fucking ends and and the idea that that whole giant colony of mushrooms could be an alien intelligence and i don't mean alien as it comes from outer space although mushrooms are unlike anything the fuck else and exactly like everything the fuck else yep down to you know down to their uh dna yeah, and there's that weird mushroom that will only grow along one line of latitude, which is in both like Japan and Texas. Yeah. It's the only place that it will propagate. Like, well, what the fuck is that? Yeah. You know what? Don't look into it, please. Please don't. <laughs> Honestly, just leave it alone. It's there. Mm-hmm. Just accept that shit and let's move on. But I love the idea that um, something besides ourselves on this planet could have a similar but very different intelligence. Uh-huh. And they could be seeing it very differently than we are. Mm-hmm. They like, could they could be observing the fuck out of us for all we know. And yep. I, I love that idea. I love the idea that the force is watching you. Or and I I'm not entirely sure if science has an explanation or not, but like the uh was it those shrimp that live in like the deep ocean that can snap their claws shut so fast that it creates a sonic boom and oh, yeah. like heat hotter shrimp. than the sun. Yeah. 
well, what the fuck is that? You know what? Don't. Don't don't bother looking into that. You know what? Just, let's just accept that it happened and let's move on. Or how bumblebees can actually fly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all that shit. I mean, it's like, at this point in my life, I don't believe in haunts and ghosts and this and that and the other thing. But the idea, the idea that something might be as smart or smarter than us is biding their fucking time. And that's one of those things, like, with ghosts, like, I can't say for certain. Who knows? Because, honestly, again, that might be one of the things that we never find out, that there is a weird... I mean, trees have a strange uh, consciousness amongst themselves. Who knows if there is strange energy that lives in the air that may now be being killed by cell phone towers and what have you, but... Well, think about how in, in, in like... Uh, universal terms, how small a, uh, in the period of life from the first, like, I don't know, uh, complex cellular, multicellular organisms to us now. We've only been here for like <laughs> a know, blip. Yeah, a tiny, tiny, tiny blip. So, fungus, trees, all these plants, all the shit that we're fucking up was here before us. A lot of the trees that exist now, you know, are direct descendants of shit that's been around way before us. Mm -hmm. And I'm not even talking about in a weirder, in almost exactly the same form, millions of years. And so who's to say they don't? And they're just like, fuck, they're just out waiting us. Ah, crap. <laughs> We're like the cancer to the trees. They're just like, oh, I just hope they fucking die quick. Because uh -huh. right, I'm tired of these motherfuckers. Yeah. Cockroach is like, die, die, die. Yep. I, just, I, I love it. The, and I don't think we will ever fully understand like magnetism either and what role that that really plays mm. in everything that happens because that's one of those forces that like, oh, it, it's not just the like magnets on your fridge. No. Like it's, it's an entire thing that like moves the entire universe. And like, tidal forces. I mean... If you've lived near a large body of water with big tides, it might just be my head, but I swear you can feel it. Mm -hmm. the, the change in barometric pressure or something does something to your brain. Yeah. Why? Because we're fucking the same amount of saline as the ocean, because we are the same amount of salt as when we crawled the fuck out. Mm -hmm. So obviously there's some kind of molecular memory mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I just find shit like that absolutely fascinating and i i get kind of upset when it's well we need to figure that out why dude just accept that something's fucking weird and cool mm. yeah but if you did find out wouldn't that be cool no i think it would be really yeah See, I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I like living in wonder oh see again i live in wonder i love definites Ah, uh, fair. Okay. My life is fucking wonder. So anything that is an absolute, I'm like, oh, this is a fact. I am going to marry you now. Mine. Cling to it like I am lost at sea. Fucking A. And plus, I again, I seek novelty. I seek, I've, I've always been like that seeking person. So, oh, I, I, I love any good, bad, or indifferent, man. Just what's next? What are we doing? We can fucking do that now. Holy shit. Show me how. Mm -hmm. You know, so 
I get where you're coming from because I, I don't like change, but I love novelty, which is weird. But you, you can't discover, like, the way I'm living now, even without money, is a thousand times better than if I was at the same age living 20, 30 years ago. You know, my quality of life is better on accident than it's ever been on purpose before without much effort. Mm -hmm. And it's a direct result of technology. It's a direct result of a lot of the things that we're talking about. So, you know, I'm always going to (laughs) be, yeah, you might open up the Pandora's box, but fuck, I want to see what's in there too. God damn it. (laughs) Burn it. Burn it all. Who gives a shit? (laughs) But yeah, yeah, fire I, up that large hadron collider, baby. The only time I don't like it is when I find the technology that fits my needs and is perfect for me, and I, I I finally figure out how to fucking work it after grinding on it for two years, and it's all of a sudden obsolete. Yeah, I got to learn a whole new thing, and fuck that. And now I'm not gonna. I'm not just. I'm going to patch this as many times till the wheels fall off this fucker, and I can't run it anymore. It will always be 1987. God damn it! I'm gonna run it like we're in Japan, and until I die, we're always gonna use this goddamn program. Fuck you. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's all I wanted to talk about was just some of the weird shit that exists on Earth that I don't think that we really need to look into. Uh, you know what just I love? Let it be. Is the vaguer, vaguer our topics, the cooler the conversation. Well, yeah, I mean. Just you, you see a meteor shower. Just look at it. Don't, yeah. don't try. Who cares? Just or enjoy yourself. I know three people you can call and tell you exactly about that meteor shower. Yeah, but I don't want to listen to that boring <laughs> shit. <laughs> ah, good yeah. times. Good I times. say it that it won out because the other thing that I wanted to talk about was like courtroom dramas. But like, oh yeah, we're not supposed to talk about movies. It's fine. Mm. It's fine. Yeah been watching a lot of John Grisham movies. I I was watching The Firm earlier today. What's Love funny? That movie. We were talking about Rennie Harlan. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about Rennie Harlan. And the funny thing is, he's been involved with a bunch of shit crap movies. Oh, yeah. <coughs> Didn't he do that fucked up pirate movie, too? I don't know. Maybe. Anyway. Who gives a shit? But he made The Long Kiss Goodnight. Oh, man. Fucking love that movie. Mm. The hottest Gina Davis has ever been. Oh, yeah. And then Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, just being the most Samuel L. that he can. I, I don't think he was ever more Jackson-y. Oh, it's the best. It is amazing. And he directed that, oddly, after all the wonderful movies that he did before that. Hey, I will still stand behind Nightmare on Elm Street 4. Okay, I, I'll give you that. But, I mean, look at the other ones. Objectively, though, 4 is not it's, a good movie. Uh, It's not bad, Honestly, it's it's a lot better than you would think, mm. but you know, hey, what are you gonna do? Yeah, it's raining. A fun. lot of fucking teenagers die in that movie. That's one of those that if you get real, 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 real stone before you watch it, mm-hmm. it's oh fuck, I forgot who is even left alive anymore because <laughs> so many fucking teenagers die in this movie. Ah, good times, good times. Anyway, hey James, yes, where can people find us? They can find us. <coughs> You can find us at <coughs> on the old Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. We have pages there. You could send us an email at, G, uh, or at vomit. vomit podcast at gmail.com. See, I dicked it up, too. Mm-hmm. Stuttering prick. Yep. You can uh, find me sometimes uh, streaming old Diablo 4 on mm-hmm. the Twitch at horror, vomit, horror underscore vomit underscore Chris. 
And I would like to end this podcast by telling you, Chris, that I've got about a quarter of that game written out. Are we going <laughs> to do this every time? Yes. James, is this how we're going to end it every time? Yes. I I sincerely hope bad things happen to this Jeff character. Oh, and I, I, I don't mean like actual bad things. Like, I don't hope you get sick or anything, but like I hope you stub your toe real fucking good. I have I have something to tell you after this podcast. I, I I hope you bite your fingernail a little bit too far and you get a wicked hangnail, you son of a bitch. <laughs> fucking eat it, Jeff. And again, you fucking rock. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. You would be terrified.